Hey, welcome back to the Scatter Joy podcast. I'm Zach Thompson, your host, and this week we're really excited to sit down with Maddie McGarvey. Maddie is a photojournalist. She's done work with the New York Times, Washington Post, Nat Geo. I was I was really curious in these people's stories and their lives, and and I was so nervous of like rejection and 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 people saying like, no, it's weird. Like you want to take pictures of me in my house, like with my family. Like what? Like I was just I just was so afraid of the rejection. But then I found out like. Nine times out of 10, people say yes yeah. <laughs> and they want their story heard. Like people just want to like someone to listen to them. Hmm. And, and I have like developed some of the most like meaningful relationships in my life because of this. Your photography always, always, always tells a greater story. Um, a human story has a human element to it. So thank you so much for being here, Maddie. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by the Scatterjoy Project. The Scatterjoy Project is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on mental and emotional health. Since launching in January of 2021, we've helped people jump over hurdles that get in the way of their own healing journey. The first hurdle being the negative stigma that accompanies mental health, the second one being the overwhelming search for mental health care, and the third, the cost of mental health care. If you, a friend, or a family member are searching for a therapist, a counselor, a support group, or other mental health care programs, you can do so on our website at thescatterjoyproject.com. Also, if you feel inspired to give to our cause, you can do so as well on our website, thescatterjoyproject.com slash donate. You can now text the word scatter, S-C-A-T-T-E-R to 741741 to get connected to free 24-7 confidential crisis counselors in an instant. Crisis doesn't just mean that you're experiencing suicidal ideation. This is for any painful emotion that you experience at any part of the day. And once you text SCATTER to 741741, you'll be connected to a certified crisis counselor that will introduce themselves, ask about your situation, and listen. They will invite you to share at your own pace. The goal of any conversation with a crisis counselor is to make sure that you're in a safe place. Sometimes that means just talking through things and having them to listen to you. And sometimes that also means them referring you to further help. Help us scatter the news that you can text SCATTER to 741-741 and get connected to the help that you need and deserve. Hey, welcome back to the Scatter Joy podcast. I'm Zach Thompson, your host. And this week, we're really excited to sit down with Maddie McGarvey. Maddie is a photojournalist. She's done work with the New York Times, Washington Post, Nat Geo, um, Times Magazine, Time Magazine, <laughs> and uh, really mainly covers uh, kind of what you say is like your backyard. You cover mainly the Midwest and the Rust Belt and Appalachia, and, and you get to do this work and have your photography featured but the thing that I love about you and your work is like your photography always, always, always tells a greater story. Um, a human story has a human element to it. So thank you so much for being here, Maddie. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah. Is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. What, I mean, we were talking right before we started recording, you know, uh, about how you cover your backyard, the Midwest and, and all these different things. What is so important to you about covering stories that are portraying the people that are in your region, your community? 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm a freelance photographer and I work for national outlets, news outlets. Um, but, you know, I'm based here in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm always kind of covering my backyard or like any state that might touch Ohio. Um, and I just think it's really important these days, just, you know, there's some skeptics about like the news and like some stereotypes of kind of like journalists popping in from like New York or DC and like, just kind of portraying the Midwest, Appalachia, the Rust Belt, like in a very like stereotypical way. Um, so I just think it's really important to have people who are kind of like based in the community that they're covering. Because um, I'm always, you know, like seeing people I know out and about and they can trust me when I'm like doing a story because I live here and I know the area and I know the issues. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I'm on assignment for like the New York Times and and people are like, oh, you're coming from New York. And then I say, mm. no, no, I live here in Ohio. And it's like, I can see relief on their face because mm. they're going to be portrayed hopefully in a more accurate way because, you know, these are my neighbors. And this is my community. And I care so much about, you know, portraying people's stories um, in a just and fair way and an accurate way. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of a large responsibility for people to, or, you know, to like share someone's story with like, millions and millions of people that's a really scary thing like mm. i i can't imagine myself being like my story being out there for millions of people to see so you know it's it's definitely something that i i don't take lightly and i think that everyone who shares their story with me um often you know the worst times of their life um i just i kind of i just i i need to give them that like level of respect and and really do their story justice and um, you know, I do think it makes a difference just kind of like understanding the community and understanding the issues like where I live and working in that community. Yeah, that's so good. It's like I my brain goes a million different directions with questions. I like I'm so excited to ask you and, and to talk through. I one of our taglines is there's strength in your story. And so for you to be traveling from family to family, community to community, and being able to portray, like you said, maybe something that is going on in their lives or in their community or in their town, that might be the worst thing that they've ever had to go through. How do you best uh, make them feel comfortable, seen, known with the times that you're spending with them personally? Yeah, I know. It's a great question. Um, you know, I approach every assignment as like kind of forming like a small relationship with someone new. And, you know, I, I often go into someone's home um, to start taking photos for, you know, a news outlet, news story. And I'll just like talk to them for an hour if they have the time and the capacity um, just to kind of like understand where they're going through. And, and you know, I, I've learned over the years that like sometimes more than anything, people just want someone to like hear them and understand mm. and like ask them like about their story and like what's going on in their life because, you know, it, it's not something that happens every day. You know, people yeah. are really like kind of, um, you know, tied up in their own lives, understandably. So, you know, if I have the opportunity and they have the capacity and the bandwidth to like sit yeah. down and talk about it, I think it just really helps me understand like where they're coming from. And, you know, I'm often op opening up about my life or like, you know, my grief, if it feels like a pre you know, appropriate in the moment, just to kind of like build trust and, and, you know, kind of, I guess, especially when I'm like working for national news out news outlets, just kind of like take down that barrier that like really intimidating, like, oh my God, this is such a scary thing to open up about my story for like a national newspaper. And it's just like, these are just two humans like talking and, yeah. and you know, and you're trusting me to share your story through photographs. And it's like, it's such an amazing, like, 
trust that I I never take for granted because Mm. they don't have to do it, you know? And oftentimes when they are opening up about something in their lives, it's going to help a lot of other people. It's going to open up people's eyes and um, kind of just educate them on something that they had no idea, you know? And I, and I truly think I tell this to like, you know, students in photography all the time that like, you don't have to go far. You don't have to go overseas or anything to like find an amazing story. Literally, you could find a hundred amazing stories or amazing yeah. people with amazing stories, like within five miles of you, yeah. you know? And it's just, it's, it's amazing to me that like so many people have these like just incredible stories and they, and they trust me to, to, you know, like kind of be the carrier for them. And um, yeah, I just, I don't take it for granted. And I just think it's really important to, to put it out there if they're willing to share and, and, and kind of do it justice. And, um, I mean, it's certainly been like so eye opening to me, like just all these people who, who look normal, look fine, whatever are carrying all this like weight of, Hmm. of whatever issue it is. I mean, it's like, everyone has such an amazing story. So I, I, I'm truly grateful that I get to like be the one to kind of, um, help share it, I guess, with the world. Yeah. How, how do you manage your own emotion going into like, hearing their story, documenting it, um, being in proximity, being in conversation with people that are sharing all the grief or all the negative things that are happening within that time frame. Um, how do you best like be in the moment with them, like receive it, be empathetic, be compassionate, like do a great job of like being a human, (laughs) but then also like gosh, I don't even know if the right word is like compartmentalize it or like feel the emotion, but then move on from it. Or do you carry it with you? Or how, how do you wrestle with that aspect of it? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. And it's, it's, you know, I've been doing this for over 10 years now professionally, and it's something that I still kind of like grapple with because, you know, it's, it's a lot of kind of like secondhand, like vicarious trauma, I guess, like when, mm. when every day, like, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing people's grief sort of secondhand. Um, and there's a lot of times I felt really guilty for how much it affected me. Um, cause I was like, this isn't my story. This, I'm not, I'm not the one experiencing this, you know? And I felt really guilty for a really long time when I was just like, so torn up by it. But I'm also like, wait, I'm human. (laughs) I'm allowed to feel like, grief um when every day i'm i'm meeting people at some of their lowest moments you know um but it was really it's it's been a a challenge and like i think that like you know your your body kind of absorbs trauma um like and and throughout the years i mean i definitely have like that's been a it's really affected me Hmm. um like I'm, I'm both so thankful that I, I have the experiences of meeting these people with like incredible stories who, who've gone through incredible, like, you know, triumph through the worst things imaginable. Um, but you know, like I, whether it's like crying with a mother who just like lost her baby or like covering like a mass shooting or, you know, just like sitting with someone who's going through some sort of really terrible moment. Um, I think it's, I've kind of learned over the years, it's okay to like both, you know, be there and respectful for them that they're opening up about this and not making it about myself. But like, you know, later on being like, I need to kind of address this on my own because I can't take on all this weight all the time without like taking care of my own mental health. Yeah. You know, it just, it it weighs on you. Your body carries it. Um, 
you know, I, I have uh, like fibromyalgia too, which is just sort of like hmm. this like chronic pain thing. And, and I do notice it just like when I'm working on a lot of really heavy stories, I just like, it just weighs on me. And like, wow. it's like harder to get out of bed in the morning and stuff. So, you know, in those moments, sometimes you do have to compartmentalize a little bit or just like check in with, you know, your therapist or a partner or a trusted friend or community or like, you know, it, that yeah. support group can be really helpful because, um, it is, it's just tough. It's tough to hear like sad story after sad story after sad story and witness a lot of like of this kind of secondhand trauma or firsthand yeah. trauma, um, without it affecting you. I think if you're like just a, a normal human being, it's going to affect yeah. you. So. Yeah. Absolutely. You were talking about how like, you know, it's so important to be able to, when you're feeling that heaviness, feeling that grief or like that almost like shared trauma that, you're carrying for the people that you're covering, that it's important to like share that with other people, whether it's a therapist or a partner or some like mentor or anything like that. What else have you implemented in your life to kind of help like maybe like reactively when you're coming off of a story to like kind of downregulate emotions or like get back to some sort of like homeostasis and like heal that emotion that you're carrying yeah. for them? or like proactively going into a story what do you kind of do to prepare yourself for that sort of like heaviness sure yeah well first and foremost you know i am a strong 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 believer in like antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication if it's something that works for you mm -hmm. and just like having that baseline you know just i don't even know clarity almost that's what it provided for me um and I was someone who you know I, I had to try like four or five different medications before I found the one that I'm, I'm currently on and um it's actually it's kind of funny like my doctor prescribed me this like little um saliva test and it it tests your DNA and it kind of like shows you what medications for antidepressants, anti-anxiety might work best for you. Oh wow. And that was a total game changer for me because yeah. I was on a lot of stuff and was just feeling like so sluggish and so out of it. And then like when I when I finally like started taking um the medication I'm on now, it it truly was like a life-changing thing. Like yeah. I just I had so much more peace in my mind and like clarity and um it just really helped regulate a lot of my like emotions that were kind of all out of whack I think from like you know the stresses of this job and just because like you know your brain is just chemically unbalanced sometimes so I'm a huge proponent in like taking care of your mental health in that way if you if that's the path you choose and there's no yeah. there's you know I think there is some stigma with taking antidepressants but there shouldn't be because it should be like treating your you know high blood pressure or something. right yeah it's like I have a I have a heart condition I have a heart disease I have to take uh a beta blocker yeah. for that. And it's like, well, that's not stigmatized, right, you know, but right. for some reason, yeah. mental health yes. uh, medications, antidepressants yeah. are so yeah. interesting. No, it's crazy. I mean, like, and that really was such a game changer for me. Like when I just kind of like could take control of that. I mean, I guess, you know, it was funny because like, I think that sometimes you have to hit like a little bit of a rock bottom to like figure out all your shit <laughs> and yeah. be like, okay, I can't live like this anymore. And, yeah. you know, so 2020 obviously was like a hell of a year for a lot of people, but like, um, you know, the very beginning of 2020, my dad died very unexpectedly. And wow. then I went through like a really messed up breakup, like right after, and then right after, or actually, sorry, the 
pandemic <laughs> was in between those, you know, where the whole world was shutting down and then this really bad breakup. And then, you know, like, I, I think that I identify so much as a photojournalist and I have so much of my like self-worth kind of tied into my mm. career. And then it felt like my career was kind of like, what's going to happen in the midst of this pandemic. And so right. I think I kind of like had to hit a little bit of a rock bottom to be like, I need to do something now or else like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was still covering, you know, like talking about like how you kind of approach these things. I was still covering a lot of stuff, like dealing with the pandemic and seeing a lot of like death and misery and confusion around me, you know? So right. just all these things. So that's when I really like, I went to my doctor and was like, I need to be on a medication. I need to. And then I started seeing a therapist and, you know, I, I truly like those things were such a pivotal, like change in my life that like, turned my like life from the lowest place I've ever been to like having control again. Hmm. And so between like therapy and, and medicating myself and like just taking more time for myself too, and realizing that like my story matters as much as like other stories I'm telling day to day and yeah. like realizing that like, I can't just like continue, continue to ignore what's going on in my own life, <laughs> you know? Um, all of that was such a, such a change, a game changer for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was a long explanation, but no, I think, so good. yeah, just, just tapping into like ways to treat yourself. Like you, you can't be your best version of yourself for others. If you're not, if you're like, kind of like sweeping up everything under the rug, you know, yeah. um, that's going on in your own life. So I think just like really trying to get a hold on that made me a better like friend and person and photojournalist. And like, you know, I, I think I was a better storyteller too, because I was like mm. able to, you know, take on those, those stories and, and do it justice because I was like, kind of like being kind to my own mind too. Yeah. You know? yeah, no, that's so good. Yeah. It's like, we, we talk about it all the time. It's like, yeah, you have to be a little selfish to then be selfless. Like, mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you're in a good place so that you can like live a life that is like super purposeful and fulfilling and all these different things because anything that has like meaning behind it is going to be draining to some extent. Yeah. Like, like meaningful work is hard work to do. Mm -hmm. Like meaningful work, you're going to hear stories and you're going to do these things and you're going to want to work, but like, how are you taking care of yourself before yeah. that? Like, uh, purpose is portrayed within mm -hmm. action and stuff. And so I love that. I'm so curious, like we're talking about all these stories that are like really heavy and, and hard to grasp mm -hmm. or anything like that. Was there, is there one story in particular, maybe you can't share about it, maybe you can, but like, is there one or two stories that you just like really latched on to and that like, maybe, maybe, um, like inspired you, like, in a in a big way yeah oh my gosh it's it's hard to just probably like hard to choose <laughs> i know because i mean truly every week i i meet people who just like overcome so much and, and i think you know my job really teaches me that like the world is not created equally and mm. you know there's people who are just like we might have all been struggling through like the pandemic or whatever but i was doing like stories about you know, people who are at risk of losing their house and have like five kids who are doing virtual school and they have to like skip dinner to pay for like internet for the schools, you know, just, it just kind of like added wow. this perspective to me where it was just like, 
and it's not to say that your own like what you're going through is not important because it obviously is but it was so eye-opening where it was like oh my god even on my like worst days I still have like all these things that a lot of other people just don't you know um I did a story for National Geographic in in West Virginia West Virginia about like food access and hunger and like just you know it was a couple hours away from where I live in Columbus Ohio and these people have no idea how they're going to like put food on the table at the end of the day. Um, there's no grocery stores in town. Like y- you can go to the gas station and get like super high processed like food, but that's about it. And then, yeah. you know, just it's like if you have five, five bucks, you know, to feed your family for the night, are you going to get like two avocados or like five little frozen pizzas, you know, right. like just kind of seeing like the resilience and also the struggle of these families and, and also the community, because like that, that story was so special because like the community did not give up on it, on each other. Like the Hmm. school counselors would drive around after school for hours because it's like a big County with like windy roads and mountains to deliver fresh fruit because that might be the only fresh food they eat all all week or, um, you know, bring like a cold drink. And like, I remember specifically this one family was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't had a cold drink in, in like two weeks they don't have a refrigerator wow. you know so it's just it, it just adds so much perspective where it's just like man yeah like i'm i'm definitely struggling and, and my own struggles are worth something i don't want to discount that or you know anyone's struggles are worth something but like seeing how some of these people live and how the community takes care of them and how they're still like just resilient and happy and and living their lives and finding joy every day like that's super yeah. inspiring to me yeah it's incredible yeah it's like um perspective is so funny because like when you find yourself I don't know if you're like me but when I find myself in like moments where I probably do need perspective and then I have like a friend or my wife or something like hey but you know look at this like you like trying to give me perspective sometimes I don't always like accept it like sometimes you have to sometimes you have to experience perspective yeah I would say like you don't have to be told perspective sometimes you have to experience perspective and I think that's why it's so important for us to be so active within our communities like mm-hmm. how do we how do we best like do good for other people like it's like kind of our our uh, organizational name like how do you scatter joy like how how do we best show up for our community for other people and how do we get away from almost like this selfishness it's so easy to be selfish in our mm-hmm. culture i feel like yeah. because like there's so much expectations there's all these goals that we want to hit and all these things i feel like you just have such a unique perspective because you're profession Mm -hmm. is just a fresh dose of perspective every assignment yeah yeah it's incredible to me honestly yeah I mean I'm I'm so like thankful because I mean these people I meet like and just and again like talking about the resilience like they're so resilient and like something they're doing in one day's time is like a lot more like grief and struggle and like just just downright I don't even know determinants than I have to deal with in like a month and uh, you know I just it just really it just opens my eyes up to so much and and you know I don't know it's just I really I'm thankful that my job gives me that um and I think that is a common theme throughout a lot of my work and the people I meet it's just like they might be going through like some really terrible stuff, but like the communities around them and the people around them is like what makes all the difference. Is that something that you always try to portray like in the stories that you cover, like some sort of like, yes, this is something that someone's going through that is experiencing some short sort of hardship, but like 
is the rallying of community or the the inspiration of like being able to bounce back? Is that something you're always like looking to include? Yeah, I mean, I try to. If if I see it there in the story, I always try to include that because, you know, I don't. I'm not like a journalist that's just trying to find like all the doom and gloom in the world, you know. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of sad things happening a lot of things are just unfair and people just really get the short end of the stick sometimes but you know more often than not these communities around them like help them get through it there's always someone like as kind of a guiding light and Mm. i think that like we could all use a little bit more you know hope in the world um and i always kind of see that like you know, there's that, what is it, that Mr. Rogers quote, which is a little cliche, a little corny or whatever, but like when really bad things happen, like look for the helpers, there's always someone helping. And I think that is like true. There's always someone that's going to be there, you know, for the most part to like help and like make some sort of difference in in this person's life. So when I'm able to, I love to showcase that because, you know, it's, it's the kind of the common thread throughout society. It's like, you know, and when we, you and I go through stuff, we have our community that helps us through it. And, you know, yeah. it's just, I, like you said, community over everything. It's, it's yeah. true, whether it's here in Columbus, Ohio or in rural West Virginia. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's a really cool thing to witness as well. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's some, there's always going to be some short, some sort of level of like shared pain. Like, um, we had an episode with, uh, Ben Higgins a couple weeks back and, he shared that he was like, man, like the thing that I was trying to portray in the book that he wrote recently alone in plain sight was that like everyone experiences some level of pain. Mm -hmm. It might be different varying, but like that pain is valid. And the other thing that is always going to be there as well is like you said, it's like the help from community. Mm -hmm. And, and I think like one of the things, one of the motivations for like our organization and these conversations is like inspiring people to go be the helper. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're going through pain, look for the helpers. But if you're not going through pain or if you're going through pain, like be a helper, like how mm-hmm. can you do that in your everyday life? Because we all know that there's shared pain going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, you never know what some little action or something might do for someone. Like we always, there's a we're quoting famous people right now. There's a Robin Williams quote that says like, um, people are, people are battling something that you know nothing about. Be kind always. Yeah. I think that's what it is, but that's so true to me. It's so true. I mean, yeah. Robin Williams is such a good example of that too. You know, just, you, you never know what someone's going through. And, and even if someone seems to have everything completely together, it's like, it's often a facade, you know, I think like yeah. social media has been such a good example of that. Like you just, you see everyone's highlight reels while you're like laying in bed, maybe going through like a depressive episode or something. <laughs> yep. And you're just like, oh my God, I feel so alone. And it's just knowing that that's kind of a mirage to you is helpful because like, you know, people are yeah. only going to post like the good stuff most of the time. But I also, I, I, you know, just, I enjoy following people too that just like are a little bit more like okay with sharing some of the bad stuff too yeah. it's just you know everyone needs someone to relate to as yeah. well and it sucks when you're like sad and just seeing everyone like living their best life but it's how much of that is true too right you know? yeah what's the definition of your best life yeah. my best life has always been with some element of adversity yeah you know exactly. it's like it's always had some sort of adversity that like i've had to rely on community mm-hmm. my best life 
I have to have community. And so I'm, I'm so curious, like, you know, you're talking about like how look for the helpers, everyone's going through shared pain. You're carrying this heaviness from like stories and different things. And you described 2020 mm-hmm. for you personally, how that was so hard, not even just with the pandemic, but personal things going on with your dad and mm-hmm. the breakup and all these different things too. Who were the helpers in your life and how did they like show up for you in that time? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I mean, just friends, like, you know, even when my dad died, it happened very suddenly and it was very traumatic and horrible, but like my friends were so incredible. And like, I mean, they would call, you know, or text all the time, just check in and say like, and I, I I didn't answer the phone for like three weeks. I just couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, but they just were like, I'm here whenever you're ready. Like, I'm not forgetting about you. And that made such a difference. And like, you know, other friends like organized to just send me like a little self care box and like, a really nice letter and just like knowing that like even if I wasn't even like I didn't have the capacity to respond to everyone or to like get back to people but like it meant so much to know that they were there for me so like now you know when I when I have friends who you know lose a parent or lose a loved one or something just like knowing that like one you know I always tell people this which you know it's I hope I it's not something people have to go through, but you know, it did someone help helped me a lot. I had a friend who um she had lost her dad in high school and she texted me like, just know that like you're you're not gonna feel it this way forever, you know, like because mm. at the lowest moments you just feel like your life is over. You feel like nothing will be the same again. You feel like you'll never experience joy again. You feel like you'll never experience happiness again. And so, you know, coming from a friend who had lost a parent herself, she just, you know, she texted me and she was like, I just, I promise you, like, you will not feel like this forever. You will feel like yourself again. And like, that was like one of the most amazing like gifts at the time because it gave me a little like slice of hope in a really, really dark place. Yeah. So I tried to, you know, I I tell that to like everyone, you know, that unfortunately loses someone in their life. That's like, you're not going to feel like this forever. And that's just having that like mindset can just make all the difference yeah you know checking in and like sending flowers and all that stuff is amazing too but like just like kind of hearing from people who've gone through the same kind of loss like that makes a huge difference that's massive yeah it's like that little feel like in those moments you just need like you said that like ounce of hope like an ounce of hope is always going to be stronger than like ton of sorrow you know like i've always felt that and and i think like man how you know, how can you be a source of hope for other people? Like, you know, like that, that's always something that I think just stands out to me in those stories that I get inspired by. It's like, yes, it's the resilience of the person overcoming their hardship and their sorrow. But I just always get so inspired by like the people that were the source of hope mm-hmm. for that person mm-hmm. and like walked with them and linked arms with them and like put their arm around them and just was like present with them too. Mm -hmm. Like maybe, maybe that person that was like all they said to you Mm -hmm. that week. Yeah. But the rest of the time they just listened. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes like supporting people doesn't look like having all the right things to say. Yeah. And I think it's totally okay not to have the right things to say. Like when people are going through like extreme grief, just showing up is like enough. Even if that's 
I don't like have the capacity to even talk to anyone, but like, I'm going to drop off like toilet paper on your doorstep. Cause you probably need that. And you don't have the capacity <laughs> to get out of bed. Like that's amazing. Or just yeah. being like, Hey, I don't expect any response, but whenever you're ready, like I'm here no matter what, like, yeah. And I mean, those people, even in my own personal life, it, it made the biggest difference, yeah. the biggest difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like just that, I mean, that kind of community is so helpful. And then, yeah. you know, like just, like I said earlier, like kind of like seeking therapy and like talking to a professional about it was because, you know, I was just, I, I think that the grief was really, I, I tried to sweep it on the rug a little bit. I didn't want to be someone who was defined by grief. Hmm. And I felt in the moment, like I, I just was like, everyone thought like, oh, that's the girl whose dad just died suddenly, you know? And, and, and yeah. that's like such a, a normal part of life. But like when it's happening, you're just like, oh my God. So I, I really swept it on the rug and didn't process it for a while. And then like, you know, talking to like a, a therapist who could help me like work through some of my grief was like, it was just such a like relief. Hmm. And it was such, honestly, an on, it, it was like, it kind of honored my dad because like for a long time I couldn't even talk about him because I was so like distraught about it. And it got me to a place where I could like talk about him fondly, you know, and like yeah. remember good things about our relationship. And, and, you know, I really credit like time first of all, but like, you know, a, a trained therapist that like can guide you through that. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. So. Thank you so much. First of all, for like sharing that, Yeah. you oh know, my gosh, like absolutely. talking about that and everything. Yeah. We, we say like, man, personal community is so important, but so is like professional community. Yeah. Like in community can look like one person too. And I think like for anyone who feels like they, they might not have that kind of support system in their life. I think the easiest way to like build a support system around you is to go support other people, mm -hmm. like find people to support. And then that those kind of relationships like begin over time to be reciprocated you yeah. know it's almost like relational collateral yeah. in a way yeah. and so it's like man how do you build that kind of loving caring community well you just go love and care for people yeah. and that kind of energy will will kind of attract that same totally. kind of action back to you yeah. i um you know we talk about uh just like you overcoming your personal grief everything there were there things that you felt like you needed to tap back into that made you feel like yourself again, you know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. man, maybe go, maybe in that moment you were like, gosh, I can't, I don't even have the emotional capacity to pick up my camera right now. Yeah. Or I don't, I don't have the emotional capacity to go walk my dog or mm -hmm. like all those different things. Like what were some things that you implemented personally back into your life that maybe the things that like brought you joy or the things that like, made you feel like yourself again that really helped that healing process? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I think one is just being patient with myself. Like, you know, I could have a really good week where I'm like working again and hanging out with friends and stuff. And then the next week I don't want to get out of bed and that's yeah. okay because like grief is not linear, you know, it come, hmm. kind of comes in like waves. Um, there's this whole like, um, ball in the box metaphor or whatever where like you know when you first go through grief the the ball takes up the entire box and it touches every like corner of it and then you know as time goes on the ball gets smaller but it's like always kind of bouncing and you just never know when's gonna like hit the side of the box and just like when you least expect it yeah. and just kind of like really put you kind of backwards but like I don't 
think that's necessarily a bad thing. That's life. That's, that's just, that is a part of grief and, yeah. and giving myself the room to like, be like, actually, no, like I know I had plans today. Um, but I just like really need to be by myself or I really need to just like rest or like watch some reality show that is so mindless, but like, you know, keeps my mind off of things and yeah. like giving myself the space to do that was really i mean it's i think it's healing even if it doesn't feel that way in the time like at the time it feels like oh this is depressing i'm in like bed and i'm like you know like being sad and mopey but it's like no i'm i'm giving myself the space to feel those things and not yeah. just like pretend like they're not happening yeah so you know i think like just that patience was really like nice and then yeah i mean just eventually being like okay um today i don't really have the strength to do much besides like bring my dog on a walk but I'm going to walk her a mile and then come home and I accomplish that thing, you know, (laughs) like baby steps. And then over time, you know, like between just my community and therapy and like medication and all that stuff, like all of it kind of worked together to be like, I can start feeling normal again. Like my life will never be the same. Like life is never the same after you, you experience big loss, but like you can, just like you can feel like yourself again and you can really appreciate the memory of the person and the time you had with them. And like that kind of mindset and that like switch in your brain is like a, something that's like some people never find. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes, you know, but it is a beautiful thing when it like gradually happens and you just, you just eventually like wake up one day and you're like, Oh my God, I can like be a normal human. (laughs) Um, Maybe not tomorrow, but today I can. So, um, you know, it's just, it's such a, it's a process and just allowing yourself to experience every part of it. And it's not going to be like just upward slope or whatever. It's going to be like waves. It's going to be ups and downs and you know, that's okay. And it's part of the process. So. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's funny. It's like, you talk about that. It's almost like ways that you, the ways that you kind of bounce back and live your life you're never going to be the same. There's always going to be like that memory or that void a little bit, but also the way that you continue to live your life is some sort of like honor Mm -hmm. to that person. At least for me, it is like when I was in seventh grade, I lost my uncle who was like my hero, like such a mountain of a man. Dude was like six, six, really athletic, like just Mm -hmm. like always there engaging with me and like, just like mentoring me in a way. And it was sudden Uh, He died from a heart attack and turns out like when I'm 23, I find out that I have the same heart condition that killed him. And we were always like felt connected and, and everything. And, and, uh, I had a moment where it was like recently, like the ball hit the Mm -hmm. box and this is, I'm 32 now, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm very far removed from seventh grade when it happened. And I'm very far removed from when I was diagnosed with my heart condition and that reminder of like his passing and his loss. But, uh, he was my, he was my mom's, uh, brother. They're from St. Louis, huge, like St. Louis Cardinals fans. Ever since he passed away, whenever I would see a Cardinal, I'd be like, that's there's uncle Joe. Like he's checking in on me. He's telling me everything's going to be okay. And, uh, so I, finally got it like tattooed on my wrist recently (laughs) when uh, our second kid Archie was born. And there was a moment probably a couple weeks ago where I was like holding Archie like this, like had his Mm -hmm. head in my left hand and that's the arm that my tattoo is on. And I was looking at Archie and I looked at the tattoo and I had this thought like, man, uncle Joe would love you, dude. And I like lost it 
and started crying and, and all these things. And my wife came over and like put her arm around me and we just sat like for a little bit, but that was that moment of like, all right, the, the grief ball in the box, like hit a nerve and, and I just needed to sit with that. But like at the same time, like it's a cool moment of like remembrance. I've heard people talk about grief in this way. It's like, I never want grief to be gone completely Mm -hmm. because grief in itself is a reminder of how much I loved Mm -hmm. that person. And so, yeah, it's like, can you not like demonize that emotion or that grief, but like learn to sit with it, learn to like honor it, learn to, um, almost treat it as like a remembrance time to like sit and reflect. It's, it's so important because like, you know, I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but the sentiment basically is like, you know, someone truly like dies when you stop talking about them, Hmm. you know? And, you know, for a while, like I was, it was so painful to even like talk about my dad that I just didn't. And I was like, this is such a disservice to him. Like you, you keep your memory alive. And like, that's why I think it's great that you have this like cardinal and you're like looking at your newborn son and like, you're, you're remembering your uncle. Like that's the way to honor these people because like, you know, for so long, I just, I, I just ignored it. Cause I was like, if I don't look you know, directly in the face of the pain and I won't feel it, you know, but it's like, no, I think that's just, you know, these people that we truly love, like they deserve to be honored even when they're gone, you know, they're not present with us anymore, like physically, but like we can talk about their memory and, and getting to a place where you can talk about it and not feel like that gut punch, but you're like, oh man, I really had like such amazing, you know, 30 years with this person or yeah. like, you know, for you, it was less than that, but like they still made such an impact on your life and like kind of determine, you know, probably shaped who you are today in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and my dad certainly did. And so that was like one thing I really like learned through the grief process was like, I can either just not talk about my dad at all and like pretend like he almost like didn't exist to try to shield myself from the feelings that's such a disservice. That's the worst yeah. thing I could possibly do. So I have mm. to figure out how to confront it and without like breaking down every time and, you know, honor his memory and, and just like, you know, I, I'm such a product of like being his daughter and like how he raised me. So I don't want to just like pretend like it, you know, that part of me doesn't exist because it's like sad to talk about. Like it, I'm, I'm finally at the point and, you know, it's been almost three years. Um, but like, I'm finally at the point where I'm like, oh yeah, I can like talk about him really fondly and remember him and and like you know i see parts of him and like my you know my niece who is like two Hmm. and like never met him you know and it's like cool to see like his legacy living on you know even though he's not present with us anymore and just like honoring that what was his name vince or what is his name yeah vince vince Vince. so thank you so much for sharing about him and your experience there i uh yeah it's it's cool to see like certain characteristic traits kind of like live on. You're like, Oh, you get that kind of like subtle reminder. I think one of the things that is always like just so fascinating to me is like when you go through something like that, um, anything, any sort of adversity and, uh, and make it out Mm -hmm. or like wrestle in the middle of it, you automatically, um, you automatically just become, uh, better for other people yeah you know like you you automatically are like almost like in training to be a helper for someone else and stuff and and that probably equips you so much 
more to be able to hold space for people that you're documenting like that you're on assignment with and like sitting with and everything Mm -hmm. there um yeah it's so true it's so true I think it really it gave me more of a perspective too because I'm like you know like I, I photographed a lot of people who lost loved ones during COVID and I had just lost someone right before COVID and I was just it, I think it like it was almost therapeutic in a way because I was just mm. like talking to other people who were kind of feeling this prof- profound grief um and then I could kind of relate to them you know it just it really did kind of help me do that job and you know like my friend Ellen said the week that you know my dad died like you're not going to feel this way forever you're going to feel like yourself again like it's true. I finally did. (laughs) And like, I can experience like great, great, great joy now. And and even though like at the time I felt like I would never feel happy again. So I think that's just like, it's just good to know that like we can, we can do really hard things. We can like get through a lot of shit. (laughs) Like we're humans are capable of so much and you know, that support system around you is so crucial. And like, you know, your life will never be the same again. Sure. But like you will feel, you'll feel joy again. You'll feel yeah. happy again. And yeah. I think it'll make you a better person to the people in your life who will inevitably have to go through this too. Yeah. So. I love that. What I'm curious, we asked this to everyone mm-hmm. you were talking about, you know, you won't feel this way forever. You will feel joy, joy again. What to you brings you the most joy? The most joy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, I mean, simple things honestly like very 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 simple things like sleeping and and (laughs) like waking up to like my dog in my face and like making like chocolate chip pancakes with my partner in the morning and just like really slowing down like that these days I mean it's boring but that is like what brings me joy yeah (laughs) I mean I travel a lot I'm gone a lot for work and like you know, that can be tough, but like, and I, I enjoy it so much. I love the stories I work on, but like just those really quiet days at home where I can just like be, you know, around someone I love and, and our pets and like, like that is just maybe boring, but like the most beautiful thing right now. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's like, it's so funny. Like every time we ask someone that, um, it always kind of relates back to like some sort of a community or some sort of simplicity or some sort of like selflessness or anything like that. It's like always the simple things I feel like. And so often in our culture, we always think like, well, the things that are going to make me happy, the things that are going to make me the most joyful might be communicated to me as like, well, I'm reaching this particular level of professionalism or uh, like we have this amount of money in our bank account or we have this amount of secure, like all these different things. But no, it's like, uh, sleeping in yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my dog and uh, a yeah. person that loves me yeah. and like just the simple things. I just love that for you, like as a photographer, you know, getting into that sort of like artistry, creativity. Um, first of all, your work is amazing. Like Thank the you. photography, like not even just the stories behind it, but the photography, like the, the eye for detail, everything that goes into it is just incredible is there times where you like get to go out like by yourself and like you're not on assignment and you're like well I'm just gonna like photograph what I want to photograph yeah yeah I mean that's something I really 
what I actually like to do more of because like I think you know sometimes when I work so much I'm like I'm not really taking photos for like fun anymore or pleasure but hmm. but you know even if it's just like on my iPhone and it's just like going on like a adventure with like you know my boyfriend and dog or like with my friends or whatever and just like taking little snapshots that like I can look back at in like a year and like dead of winter and be like oh my god that time we were just like floating on the river you know yeah that's the beauty about photography is you don't have to be a professional photographer to capture these like moments of joy yeah like do you do you feel like you always have to like get the right shot as a photographer like even on your iphone you're like oh i gotta get the lighting right like you you gotta (laughs) i used to feel a lot more like that like but truly when it comes to like you know, taking pictures of just like my personal life and like stuff like that. I'm just like, I just like to live in the moment and just yeah. like really have like a true snapshot. Like I don't need this to look like Instagram perfect or like, you know, whatever aesthetically pleasing. I just want like, this is just like a nice little moment that I want to remember, you know, it does yeah. not matter what it looks like. It can be really messy and it, you know, it's like whatever it's fine. But like that was my life in that moment. And there was something that like drove me to take that photo for a reason. And that's the kind of, you know, that's for my, my personal life. Like that's, that, that's what I like to remember. I don't need, you know, I'm a little bit more like meticulous with like work stuff, but you know, as far as just like kind of my own life, I, I like seeing all the like mess and like, yeah. you know, even if it's like not a happy memory, I just need to remember that. Like, I just, I think that's just the beauty of photography. It's just like, you can look at that in a couple of years and just like brings back so many memories of like where you were in that place and how much you might have grown since then or, or what you, what that time in your life represents that you want to get back to, you know, it's just like a reminder. Hmm. So I like, I just, I love that about photography. It can be really like stupid iPhone picture and bring back a million emotions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. My, one of my, we have a, we have a four month old son. And we have a almost three-year-old daughter. That's crazy to say. I was going to say like two and a half, but no, wow. almost fast. three. <laughs> Holy cow. But one of her like favorite things to do is she'll like, if she's bored, she'll like climb in my lap mm-hmm. and be like, I want to see pictures of when I was a baby. Aww. And it's like so fun to like scroll back yeah. through. And then you like stumble upon like something else. And it's not a picture of, of Coop when she was a, a baby, but it's like, this other memory mm. of like me and my wife Molly like and stuff yeah. and I just I love that I love that how what what got you into photography yeah at the beginning like what was like obviously there was there was some sort of like you know passion for it but also like this like immense like not to overuse the word but it is the scatter joy project like there was joy but mm. behind like you getting started in photography like what was the purpose like did you set out to only always be like a photojournalist or like how did that get going um yeah I mean like I really I don't have a great story about like you know my grandfather handing me a camera at four years old and then I just knew I wanted to do it I just kind of was like I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in college um I, I really loved art and I was a terrible artist. Like I can't <laughs> draw or paint or sculpt or anything like that. Um, but I really, I liked just taking pictures of my friends and stuff. I would, I stole my dad's like little point and shoot camera and would just like take photos of my friends. And it was just like, it's really cool thing at the time. And I just would like put filters on it. I mean, the, my portfolio from high school is trash, but like, <laughs> you know, the sentiment With, like, was the there. Vignette of course. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like, Oh my God, looking back, I'm like, wow. But it just, I was so like, there was such a curiosity there. And then 
when I, I I was touring colleges and like literally flipping through a book of majors, I was like, I don't know what to do. And my mom was like, well, you like taking pictures. And there's this like school of visual communications and photojournalism. And like, I was like, oh, wow. Like I, I for some reason, I never put two and two together that like mm. I could, you know, kind of combine my love of photography and like just general curiosity in people and like combine them to tell people's stories. It was like once I figured out that was like a thing, it was just like blinders on. You're like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And it's funny because I've always I was always like a pretty shy kid. Like and I still kind of am like a little bit like shy, introverted. Like I don't really like, you know, love striking up random conversations with people like um on the street or whatever. Like I'll have like my boyfriend like talk to like the cashiers <laughs> and stuff. But like I I just, I truly, like, it, it, it really broke me out of my shell. And, yeah. like, and I just realized that, like, I was I was really curious in these people's stories and their lives. And, and I was so nervous of, like, rejection and, and, and people saying, like, no, it's weird. Like, you want to take pictures of me at my house, like, with my family? Like, what? Like, I was just, I just was so afraid of the rejection. But then I found out, like, nine times out of ten, people say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they want their story heard. Like, people just want to, like someone to listen to them hmm. and and i have like developed some of the most like meaningful relationships in my life because of this you know like i've documented families for over a decade now and like the same ones watch them grow up like i don't have kids my, of my own yet but like i've i've watched kids like through these families since i was 19 and learning photography and now i'm 32 you know like I've seen them grow up. Like they're almost like my own ki kids, you know, it's yeah. like, I never would have had that experience if it wasn't for this, like just weird job, you know, like yeah. this, like, you know, having a camera in hand and it gives me the opportunity to talk to people and break out of my own shell. And like, I have to really kind of like make myself truly uncomfortable sometimes. Cause I am sort of like naturally introverted and shy, but like, it's always so worth it because people are amazing and i and i know it's cheesy but like everyone everyone has an amazing story to tell yeah and i just feel so fortunate that i was like i'm able to do it through photography and this yeah. like oddball job that i kind of fell into you know oh, man it's uh i'm grateful that you fell into it too and yeah. uh just because like the work that you're doing the purpose behind it the compassion that you have the empathy that you have for people's stories and the i think like the goal to mm -hmm. share like the strength through adversity and like the strength and community, like we talked about, like that needs to be present in the world mm -hmm. that needs to be heard, that needs to be seen, that needs to be documented and yeah. shared. And so I'm just so grateful for you. I'm grateful that you joined us today. Um, plenty more snapshots and, mm -hmm. and pictures and stories to come. Mm -hmm. Make sure you guys follow along with Maddie. If they do want to follow along, where can they find you? um where are you yeah. most like like social yeah. media all that stuff totally yeah i'm on instagram just my name at maddie m-a-d-d-i-e mcgarvey m-c-g-a-r-v-e-y so yeah follow me there if you want um i love you know chatting with people and like dms and stuff and like i share a lot of the you know community work there and just like my work i'm doing for myself or for clients or newspapers and um magazines and stuff like that and you know i just i love kind of like sharing things that might surprise people about their own communities too <laughs> you mm. know like oh this is happening right down the street so um yeah that's a great place to connect and um yeah i'm on like twitter too but i don't really post that much so <laughs> instagram is probably the way, the way to go <laughs> yeah give it a follow be on the lookout for more work and everything do you have like a next assignment that you have like are you going to cover something soon or um, 
Oh my gosh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I uh, I have another story I'm working on um, in West Virginia about more food access kind of stuff hmm. and um, doing some work in um, New York um, in Buffalo, New York area, highlighting, you know, some folks there. Those coming out in the next few months. Um, did a big project um, coming out about like child poverty and how it's actually kind of getting like better over the years hmm. um, with just like different tax implements and stuff so that's that'll be coming out soon um always something different honestly yeah. <laughs> so I, I it's it's hard to even name them all off but um I'll, i'm trying to be better at posting them on like instagram and stuff so. yeah always <laughs> out there thank you so much maddie yeah thank you so much for having me on this is such a good conversation Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. Look, if you like what you heard, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe everywhere you guys get your podcast. Also, to stay up to date with everything we're doing with Scatterjoy, go ahead and give our Instagram a follow, all right? At the Scatterjoy Project. Thanks again for listening. See you guys soon.